So, are we ready to go to Balticon? Well, actually, that was last week. No, 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 no. Last week was the Potter Powwow. This week is Balticon. No, actually, it's a Geeks Who Drink tonight at the Irish Pub. You're dreaming, mate. That's tomorrow night. No, 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 no. What do you mean I'm dreaming? My memory's like a steel trap. Uh, yeah, a rusty one. <laughs> you know, I told you. No, it's all the time. I said, guys, what this week. Guys, what? Why don't you just check out the Nerd Out app? What's the Nerd Out app? If you're looking to connect with local dungeon crawls, movie marathons, or trivia nights in your corner of the world, then you need the Nerd Out app. The Nerd Out app is your mobile planner for science fiction conventions, gaming events, film festivals, and even special museum exhibits geared for the geek in you. And if you want to catch the latest news on what's happening or coming soon to your current location, swing by nerdoutapp.com where we feature upcoming events, convention reviews, and more. And just like the blog, the Nerd Out app is free. Stay in the know on where to get your geek on with the Nerd Out app, available for iOS and Android. Hello, my name is Joe Hogan. Many of you know me as Epic Grays in various video games and social media. Welcome to episode 86 of Geektitude, a geek culture podcast that celebrates the inner geek in all of us. Today, I'm very excited to be joined by Brian of The Average Geek Show. How you doing, Brian? I'm doing good, Joe. How are you? Pretty good. When I went back to see uh, when the last time we had you on was, it was episode 40, and it doesn't seem like that makes any sense that it's been that long since we've had you on the show. Yeah, it's been a while, but I guess both of us have uh, just been so busy that it just, I mean, time flies. <laughs> right. Well, and we've also had chances to like hang out and talk in, in non-podcasting uh, arenas, and so maybe I think that's what it feels like. It's like, oh, well, we've we've hung out together. We just haven't hung out together and recorded it. <laughs> right? <laughs> Wait, didn't we try that once with, with Kenny at NerdCon, and it just turned into, like, this is not usable? <laughs> no, no, we were, we were getting all political, and we were getting into territory that, <laughs> that was not, not necessarily to be published. <laughs> right, yeah. Maybe I'll send you the files for State of the Geek. Oh yeah, that would that would be fun. Although uh, although at this point, it's funny. There's kind of a running joke on State of the Geek right now that uh, that Kenny's the un, unspoken third host. He's been on the show, but I don't think there's been an episode that we haven't mentioned him because he's so politically active. <laughs> um, so so yeah. So you know, quick shout out to Kenny. Hey Kenny. Uh, so what have you been doing since we last talked to to you? I know your show's changed a little bit and stuff's going on. Yeah, the if if your if your listeners are fans at all of the Average Geek Show, they they're probably going, "What the hell is going on right now?" Because it, we are in such a state of transition right now that it's it's kind of insane and hard to follow. Mm-hmm. Uh, as as you know, uh, maybe you're guests don't know. Philippe actually uh, left the show. Um, 
he needed to focus on family, which is cool. You know, I support him in every way. Um, but, uh, you know, I decided to keep the show going and been trying to find my way. I've tried a couple of things, you know, that, you know, right now I'm not looking at downloads. Right now I'm looking at, okay, how can I get into the podcast that I'm happy with and then move forward and focus on downloads? But uh, we just brought on a uh, a regular, uh, at least as a trial, um, by the name of Kevin Neiman, uh, who you guys might know from the WEC podcast. Yeah, yeah, we had uh, Kevin on for a Doctor Who episode early on with uh, with Kelly White, also from the WEC podcast, and and they've made appearances from our our convention uh, podcast. So yeah, we're 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 good friends with the WEC people. Yeah, well, um, I've done a couple episodes with Kevin already. Um, it's going great, and we are actually recording next weekend uh, a new episode of the Nostalgia Filter. Nice. Uh, which is a, a segment I do uh, on the Average Geek Show. Every other episode is a nostalgia filter, um, basically where we go review a movie that came out in the 80s, early 90s, and we go back and rewatch it and see if it still holds up, and then we, we recast the movie and we give it a review. Um, so next week we're actually doing Jurassic Park. That's kind of cool, and it'll be interesting to see what you come up with because it has kind of rebooted. So it'll be interesting to both see if it holds up and if, uh, if you'd make the same kind of choices that they did when they make the reboot. Well, when we, um, when we recast the movie, Mm -hmm. we recast it as if they were to make that exact same movie right now, not necessarily as a reboot. Mm -hmm. Um, so uh, if you want to check out a really phenomenal episode, go back and listen to the jaws episode. Um, that was actually Kevin's first episode on the podcast. Um, and it was like the first time I did an almost two hour episode <laughs> Nice, <laughs> because we just got in and we started critiquing it. We started talking about metaphors that they were dropping in the movie. It was really fantastic. And that's one of the things I love about Kevin. He's, um, like he, he doesn't get, he's not afraid about kind of pulling up his sleeves and just digging into a topic. And oh, yeah. I think that makes for great podcasting. That's why I enjoy listening to him so much. Oh yeah. It was phenomenal. I think uh, it's one of my favorites that I've ever recorded and I'm just about to hit episode 100. So. Oh, that's great. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. We've got some special surprises coming up for episode 100. Um, you know, some, some really big surprises. So, um, I'm excited, so you guys will have to stay tuned. It should be dropping uh, probably in about October, but we're going to be recording it here in September. Perfect. That's awesome. That's exciting. That's a big. That's a big accomplishment. I don't know if you realize how big of an accomplishment 100 episodes is. That's crazy. Yeah, it took me three years, but I finally got there. <laughs> hey, you know what? Some people never reach it. You know, there's a lot of pod fading out there, and uh, you know, getting to that milestone that's pretty pretty impressive. Well, I, I got to tell you, um, though, one of the reasons or one of my approaches to podcasting is because of a um, one of the original podcasts that's out there um, called the Hometown Tales podcast. Mm-hmm. And um, if you haven't checked that show out, you should definitely check it out. They don't record anymore, but um, it was all about folklore and legends of hometowns here in the United States. Oh, that's cool. I, sh- I do definitely should t- check that out. Yeah, and 
it's, it's a really great podcast. Uh, hosts are Brian and Gene. Uh, they're based out of New Jersey. And uh, they, you know, they just kept recording. And I think they finally finished at episode 386. Wow. Yeah. And That's th- dedication. That is. And they even started trying to do like a TV show about it. They, they were one of the first podcasts to get on actual syndicated radio. Wow. Um, so, I mean, if you haven't checked it out, definitely go check it out. It's a great podcast. And, and it's the Hometown Podcast? Hometown Tales. Hometown Tales. I think I just found another thing to add for my vacation. Yes. Perfect. You'll, you'll love it. You'll think. <laughs> well, and, and, you know, I, uh, I've mentioned this on a couple of episodes, and people are like, I thought you were going to do this in July. But I was going to do an actual play podcast. I, I just sent you guys an email. Mm-hmm. Um, I, we ended the school year, and we both Matt and I just we had a really like not bad but just very busy ends of the school year and so we didn't get a chance to um get the prep work done for the the actual play podcast like we wanted to and now oh, we're going to be out of town joining us oh well I we we ha- like I think that's part of the problem we're trying to figure out exactly what his role is cuz he's never done this before oh. um and he's already he's already contributed some great story ideas and made me look at my kind of initial ideas from a different perspective which when you're doing a conspiracy theory podcast it's a it's a good way of of doing it <laughs> but um we just we just ran out of time because now we're going to be out of the the country for four weeks and uh and so we're like you know what we want to do this right and so we're we're now looking at recording in the the last couple of months of the year and then releasing next year but it sounds like something like uh, Hometown Tales would be a good way, good good source material mm-hmm, for like different different conspiracies and stories and mythos they, and stuff. They do a whole standalone. I, I think they do a two part episode on just on conspiracy theories. That's awesome. Yeah, they, they have like what they kind of like my structure where I have a news episode and then a topic episode. Mm-hmm. That's how they structure their podcast. It's like like every other episode is news and then every other episode is like a specific topic. Like, um, they've done tales of soda, um, tales of utopian societies. Um, just, they, they run the gamut and they talk about the paranormal. They talk about the weird. It's, it's awesome. That's awesome. Um, there's, since we're speaking about podcasts that people should check out, and this is one that I haven't looked at, but I'm, I'm going purely off of the recommendation of a friend because, um, it's one of those things that if he recommends it, I'm pretty sure I'm going to like it. Mm -hmm. And I've got to find the text to see if I can actually remember the name of the podcast, but it's basically a podcast where they take two different characters and they pit them against each other. Oh yeah, I've actually met those guys. Um, what is it called? It's gonna drive me nuts. This is a great podcasting, by the way. Is it the Super Fight Podcast? Yes. Yeah. Yes. They actually, we met them at uh, a podcasters panel, much like the one we did for NerdCon. Um, we met them at a podcasters panel at uh, San Diego Comic Fest one year. And one of the guys that's on there actually works in local radio here in San Diego. And they invited us on the podcast, but it was just a timing thing. Now, wait, what was it called? Because I just found it and it's not the same podcast. But I want to hear what that one was called again. Oh, I, 
Super Fight. Super Fight. I'll have to check that one out. What he was suggesting was Smash Fiction. Okay. And I think, like, the ones that he said that they've done is Indiana Jones versus Laura Croft, Ninja Turtles versus Gargoyles, Ooh. Mad Max versus Speed Racer, and Ghost Racer versus Penelope von Schweetz. Okay, first of all, Indy. Second of all, Gargoyles. I'm not too sure about the Mad Max Speed Racer one. I think uh, Mad Max would have would have it. Um, and then, what was the last one? Ghost Rider versus Penelope von Schweetz? Uh, yeah, Ghost Rider. Yeah. Brock Sampson <laughs> versus Sterling Archer. <laughs> that's awesome yeah i mean i just like so that's that's one of the ones that i'm also taking to now you said super fight is that just like who is super fight like what um, type of characters do they compare uh same same kind of thing okay um, as a matter of fact i believe the show is almost exactly the same premise um but they drink while they podcast <laughs> which is always a good thing so eventually it turns into just a a drunken ramble and argument like no no like indiana jones is way better than han solo <laughs> uh, but i don't even know if they're still podcasting it's it's been forever and a day um since i even thought about it i mean that was like in our first year of podcasting yeah, so much, there's so much good stuff out there. I, I'm, I've, I've haven't listened to it in a couple of weeks. I haven't listened. I've, I've fallen behind on a lot of my podcasts since we hit um, summer because I'm just not commuting for 15 hours a week. Yeah. Um, but uh, I, I was getting into um, Night Vale. What's it called? Um, oh my god, <laughs> I'm just failing at this. Um, Stories from Night Vale, Legends from Night Vale. What's the Night Vale series called? I have no um, idea. Welcome to Night Vale. Okay. Have you you've never listened to that? Uh-uh. Oh, it's so good. It's I, like it's a single host. It's a radio show like from this small little conspiracy theory town. And okay. it's kind of one of those that that made it onto the very popular I uh, podcast like a lot of people consider this their first podcast. Okay. Because it's kind of like the first episode they talk about, you know, the city council would like to uh, announce that the dog park is now open and would like to remind you all that no one is to go into the dog park. Stay away from the dog park. Ignore the shadowy figures in the dog park. No people or dogs are allowed in the dark. Like it's that kind of dystopian the people are watching you and it's it's fascinating to see kind of the stories develop just through this radio show from a small town it's really cool oh my god you need to send me a link to that because yeah definitely that sounds awesome <laughs> it's like uh it's uh like uh, back in the 30s the war of the worlds like that just that you know, yeah, it's got it's definitely got that kind of radio feel to it, and but it's on a and and it's funny because now that I live in Palm Springs, when I was in in the L.A. suburban area, it was like you're just kind of a number, mm-hmm. but when you get out into a place like Palm Springs, which really does have a very small town feel, it's like oh yeah, no, I we've we've had problems with our dog park and it's a big issue, <laughs> and all of a sudden you're like who have I become? <laughs> you become a suburban housewife, Joe. I have, I have. It's true. Although I can't cook to save my life. Um, oh no. <laughs> oh wait, that's true because you're the chef. 
Yeah, don't ever tell that to a chef. Because <laughs> now I need to fix you. Uh, well, I have, I have, I, I'm a good sous chef. I can cut things real well, and I can wash things real well, and I follow orders well. But that's that's not a sous chef. That's a dish bitch. Okay. Yeah. Well, then <laughs> some dish. Bitch. Sorry. Sorry. That that was me slipping back into my old chef days. <laughs> dish bitch. Yeah, I've got a million of them. Well, cool. Well, is there anything else going on, or should we transition to? I feel like this is kind of becoming our weekly geekery. Uh, yeah. Let's let's. I, I've got so much that I want to talk about in weekly geekery. It's not even a joke. Awesome. Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna skip my first one. I'm gonna go straight to my second one, and uh, and and let's talk Diablo three because um, I know you've been playing a lot, and I got into it for a little while and I got busy, but um, we both were very excited about the Necromancer coming up. Yes. yes. Have you enjoyed playing the Necromancer? I honestly love the Necromancer. Um, I, I was a huge fan of Diablo 2, and Necromancer was my character. I, I enjoyed my skeleton army. Mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. And when I first found out about the changes that they were making to Necromancer or Diablo 3, I was kind of like, you know, like they're going to limit how many skeletons you can have and the skeletal mages don't stick around anymore. And it it was a headache for me mm-hmm, mm-hmm. until I got it and started playing it. <laughs> and now I, I'm walking around and I, I typically play with a, a friend of mine on uh on Diablo three and we play almost nightly and it's gotten to the point where I, I tell my friend, I'm like, I am a God. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. I, I played it, uh, at the BlizzCon that they announced it at, mm-hmm. but I haven't really enjoyed Diablo three. I've picked at it. I've played it here and there and everything. And then I was online, I think a day or two after I had talked to you, and my brother was online, and he's like, um, "Hey, do you want to play?" And I was like, "Yeah, I got about ten or fifteen minutes, so let's let's see what we can do in ten or fifteen minutes." And so we started playing, and he asked me about what my setup was with my powers, and I kind of told him. And he's like, "Oh, well, why don't you use this one and this one?" And I was like, "Well, I can't because they're on the same bar." Oh, you didn't know about switching it around. No, well, because it, I the game locks it initially for you. Yeah, and I didn't realize you could unlock that. And oh my god, it's a completely different game. Oh yeah, and, but but I I have been playing video games forever, and I've been playing Blizzard games forever, and so I'm just kind of staring at this game, going, "All right, what did I do wrong that I didn't know this?" <laughs> and is there something that I missed or did Blizzard just not make it clear that this was something you can do? And I think they, this is one of those places where they decided, well, we want to make sure that we don't make it too complicated at the beginning. So we're not going to let you do everything, mm-hmm. but they didn't make it clear that at some point you could change that. Yeah. That's why I always am a huge advocate of reading the patch notes. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause that changed in a patch. I want to say, maybe three or four patches ago, um, which is not that far in the past, um, maybe just like by like three or four months. Um, 
But when they changed that, it's like my builds went completely different. Um, you know, I started off like uh, my barbarian character. I always usually start off as a barbarian just until I can get used to the game. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And as I, I noticed as I was getting up in Paragon levels, um, my barbarian was starting to suck more. And I'm like, wait, what? I can't just walk in and smash things anymore. What the hell is going on with this? And sat down, read, read my patch notes, and they had nerfed a couple of things on uh, the barbarian. Um, like whirlwind was no longer like an awesome power anymore. And, uh, so I had to change some things up. Um, and also as I've been going up in Paragon, I'm learning now that set armor and having a full set of armor, um, is like a really key thing now. Yeah. So it, it's totally changed the way I've played too. Yeah, it's, it's, it's just funny, too, because for me, I was like, I'm not enjoying this, and I want to, because I, I was so looking forward to the Necromancer coming out, because it's my it's my go-to character on Heroes of the Storm. <laughs> and so when they announced it, I'm like, oh my god, I must get this. And, uh, and we're saving up a whole mu- bunch of money for this, uh, this trip we're taking, because, you know, <laughs> Europe is not cheap. And so I'm like, oh my god, I'm not even going to be able to buy it when it comes out, but you know, being a teacher at the end of the year, you get gift cards. Um, I, had, I had one GameStop gift card, and I went and exchanged it for a uh, a Warcraft, like a Blizzard gift card, so I could specifically buy the Necromancer. Nice. Um, and and I was I was enjoying the fact that you know I love the just the kind of the power of Command Skeleton, and they just all rush at something. Yep. But but when you all of a sudden can change back and forth and kind of do whatever you want it's like oh my god this makes it so much more enjoyable this is the game that i this is why i wasn't enjoying the game and now i now i am oh i'm so glad to hear that because i've been wanting to play so much more with you on that because it's like i play with my other friend a little bit too much to the point where i'm like oh yeah he's going to do this i'm going to do this it's like i need fresh blood <laughs> and well my biggest my biggest problem is is that i can do like short bursts <laughs> so I, maybe we have to just figure out all right this night we're just going to plan like a week in advance we're just going to dedicate this night to play yeah absolutely I, I'm, I'm down for it because I, I i'm still working on a couple of uh, pieces of set armor for my necromancer but uh, i have uh see i have the pestilence set which i just found a build that i want to try for pestilence because that's kind of like the worst armor for mm-hmm, a necromancer mm-hmm. Um, I have all of the uh, the blood set, which is just a badass looking suit of armor. Right. Um, and I just need a couple more for the uh, for the bone melee armor, and then for the uh, the pet armor. And that's that's the cool. That's what I'm enjoying. I'm like, you could play this in so many different ways, and it's like, I'm bored doing it this way. I'm gonna change it and do it this way, and, and I'm gonna go back because I was more powerful that way. Yeah, especially since they added the armory, you can switch between builds super quick. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, so Diablo 3, a lot more fun now that I know how to actually play it. Yay! What else? What have you been up to? Um, I, I, I blame you for mm-hmm. what I've been up to this week. Uh, actually, in the last couple of days, actually. Um, I have been binge-watching Orphan Black. You're welcome. 
Yes, thank you <laughs> for the gigantic time suck. Uh, and as a matter of fact, before we started, and I messaged you, hey, I'm going to be about 10 minutes. It's because I was finishing up an episode. <laughs> Fair enough. I, I, I support that decision. Yeah, I um I made it through all of season one in one night, mm-hmm. and I started season two. I'm about halfway through season two now. Yeah, I I told Matt. Matt's like, oh, Orphan Black's on. Let's uh, you know when it first premiered. He's like, let's let's watch that. And I was like, no, we need to get two or three episodes in because I know I'm gonna want to watch like ten episodes all at once. So <laughs> we're just gonna let it sit on the DVR. And then we got to three episodes, and we we're gonna we were gonna watch two episodes in one night, and we ended up watching all four that we had a uh, TVO'd. And, and then we're like a crack addict wanting more. Yeah, exactly. I'm like, this is why I wanted to wait because I knew we'd feel like this. And so now as soon as it pops on, we're like, sorry, guys, cause my, my in-laws are, are staying with me. Um, sorry guys, this is what we are watching tonight. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, season one is so crazy. Well, I mean, especially cause you don't know what's going on yet. Yeah. But I mean, even when I do, I mean, this, I'm kind of famous for screaming at the TV. Mm-hmm. Like I get it from my dad. He watches sports and he screams at the TV like he's on the field with him. Mm-hmm. Uh, I do that with like nerdy TV shows. Like I, I do it with Arrow. I do it with Flash. And uh, I found myself doing that with Orphan Black. I was just like screaming at the TV. Sarah, just tell Art. Just tell him what's going on. <laughs> Because well, I remember, I remember, oh, spoilers, I remember when um, you really didn't know what side of the world Art was on. Yeah. And and it was that kind of stressful, like, is he, like, what is he going to do? Like, I'm, I'm, I don't trust this guy. Yeah, and I'm halfway through season two, and it's, and it feels like they don't know what to do with Art. You know, he's helping, but he's not, you know, he, he keeps doing this back and forth of stay away, come closer, stay away. And it makes sense for his character, and it'll make a lot more sense when you see the current season where they where they go with that character. Okay, because I have a friend that's teasing me that's saying keeps dropping, oh, don't get too attached to Art. You know they're gonna torture him and kill him. Like, you, <laughs> your friend's a jerk. <laughs> I love it with all my heart, but yeah. <laughs> I did the same thing to him with Doctor Who. So so favorite. Favorite character and favorite twin, if they're not the same thing. Um, favorite character is uh, Felix. Mm-hmm. Um, I kind of feel like Felix is my spirit animal. <laughs> it just it just his laissez-faire attitude, but you know he cares. And um, best line out of season one is, you know, him laying on the couch and Allison is there, and he's like, "All right, go fetch me something gay." Uh, it's like, <laughs> that, that's so hilarious. Um, uh, favorite twin is I, I know I'm gonna botch this Kashima or Kashima. Yeah, um, she is honestly my favorite because a I love her look. B I love how she's just this bubbly, happy-go-lucky thing, and um, you know she's science and yes. all about science. Yes, I definitely, I have to say, and, and it's kind of a cheat because they kind of are a package deal. My favorite character is Donnie. Really? I love Donnie. Oh, you're, you're only in season one. 
it gets so much better. <laughs> Donnie is just well. I'm mid season two, and I I know he's the monitor. He's just fail. Like <laughs> Donnie is just fail all the way around. I and... I will say the the torture scene with Donnie was hilarious. Oh God. It just he just keeps getting better because he just Donnie is just he's one of those unique characters that you just don't see very often. And you when you do see the characters that are supposed to be like Donnie, they're very rarely executed well. Mm-hmm. And and I feel like he's just one of those people where like he's just he's just a character that I have I have a connection to. And then my favorite my favorite clone is is Allison. Because she's just batshit crazy. She she really is, but you know, it's not that she's batshit crazy. It's that she feels like she's losing control of her life, mm-hmm. and and it's true, she really is. And she's used to being this suburban housewife that ha- you know the typical soccer mom, and she has it all together. And as soon as Sarah comes into her life, it just blows up in her face. I just I feel like like she's the she's the the clone that I most often forget is being played by the same actress. Seriously. Okay. That girl that, that plays all the different clones. Yeah. How has she not been nominated and won just a crap ton of awards? I think she finally won her Emmy this past year. Oh my God. I mean, it's ridiculous how much talent she has. I I was discussing this with a friend of mine. um, And it's like when she's playing Sarah, her accent is perfect London. Mm-hmm. Then when she's playing Allison playing Sarah, it's London, but there's something off about it. Right. And that's what people forget is that not only is she playing all these different characters, but she has to play these characters playing each other. Yes. And it's so ridiculous how good she is. She's like I, I am a like one of the things that happened when she won her her Emmy was people were like crap. This means people are going to start recognizing her and they they're going to end the series. And sure enough, the next season they're like, this is our last season. So wait, this season's our last season. The season that we're in right now is the last season, and they're they're oh. they're closing everything up. Well, it's it's a good five season run, so it's 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 a substantial series. You've you've got time. Ah. Uh. And I would rather it go this way than the way of half my other shows. Well, honestly, I I thought the way it was going, they could have wrapped it up on season one. And, they could have, yeah. And I think they were prepared for that, but I'm so glad that they didn't. Oh, and, and honestly, I think... I'm trying to remember if it was season three or season four that I was kind of like, eh, there's stuff you're doing here that I could do without, but I'm still intrigued. I think last season was my favorite, season four, oh, because really? it was a little less, it, it was it was so much chaos that you got to see a lot of the individual acting come through. Okay. But, um, but this season is just like... Where where they could be rushing through it to conclude it, they're not. They're they're taking their time with it. Um, what I love is because it's the last season, they have before and after a lot of the commercial breaks. They have like these little insights into the scene you just saw, or how she gets into character, and it kind of describes the process of them exploring 
um, all these different characters. I guess she, she uses dance a lot to get into character because there's a way that each of them moves. Yeah. Um, it's just fascinating to me. It's fascinating to, to see that process. And I, I think they need to do a documentary about the creating of this show because it's just one of those that's just so unique and you're never going to be able to replicate it again. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, they did that with Doctor Who. They did a whole uh, documentary series that went like episode by episode um, for Doctor Who. I I would definitely like to see that with Orphan Black because you can look and see it's a clone, mm-hmm. but it is so drastically different. Like it, each each clone is so drastically different, and even the music, like, for each clone is different. Yeah. And, like, I hear Helena's theme, and I instantly get the heebie-jeebies. Uh-huh. I'm just like... I, uh. I'm trying to remember, because I don't know if you've met her yet. Have you met... Because, I mean, I, I think it's not a, a spoiler, because I'm trying not to spoil you. But, um, uh, have you... Uh, you, you're you're aware that you're going to continually meet clones throughout this series, right? Oh yeah, uh, this season I've met. Well, end of last season, beginning of this season, I met Rachel, and Casima um, just saw the video of Jennifer. Okay. Have you met Have you met Crystal yet? No. Oh no, I'm looking at it now. She doesn't show up until season three. Crystal is one of my favorite characters, and. Okay. She's she's probably my second favorite clone, and uh, I, I can't wait to see your reaction to Crystal because she's she's another one that you forget it's the same actress. Oh. man, I love this show so much, and I'm kicking myself for not starting it sooner. Well, the the good thing is is you don't ha- you you really don't have to wait. Like you can like plow through this entire series and then catch up with the rest of us and enjoy the the end where we've had to wait for each season to to come back well i'm gonna say this right now joe i'm gonna do my very best to catch up before the season finale but will you come on my show and do a orphan black nostalgia filter absolutely absolutely okay perfect yeah, no, I think we I think we need to do a big celebration for the end of this show because very rarely do I mean I I regret not doing a one for Grimm especially since it was one of the few series that is really geeky and that my husband absolutely loved. Um and so now I'm I'm like hyper aware of when my shows are ending that I'm like okay, I need to make sure that I cover this somehow to kind of pay tribute to the stuff we love that actually makes it to a conclusion. I I'm right there with you. I mean, I kind of fell out of love with Grimm, and I stopped watching. And then in season, they announced like series finale, and I'm like, eh, all right, it's probably time. Uh-huh. Uh, but uh, no, Orphan Black is definitely a show that needs to be celebrated. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And and I I I think you know we the the audience doesn't know this, but there was we we had an uh, aborted uh, <laughs> recording session a couple weeks ago because I was having all sorts of technical difficulties and I just gave up. <laughs> And I, I apologize for that. But um, I think we had mentioned was was one of the things we had gotten to talking about um, since eight. You had started and then that's when the recording failed on you and you kind of 
went ape shit on the road. Yeah, I, I had a meltdown. <laughs> it was not a good day. Um, but um, I'm so happy that that's going to get a conclusion, that they're going to do a, a movie to, to end that. And, Joe, is, uh, that, is that the next series I need to watch? Oh, God, why haven't you started yet? <laughs> Especially now, I can now recommend it to everybody because I know it's going to conclude. So it's not like asking people to watch alphas, which you'll just never be fulfilled. Uh, or Firefly. Or Firefly. But Firefly, I feel like, is like, to me, Firefly has died so long ago <laughs> that we need to, we need to, to, put like my my new stance and i'm sure my listeners are getting tired of me saying this but we have to like this september when new series come out we need to as a community go all right these are the good ones watch them now do not wait <laughs> do not binge they're uh, going to get canceled watch them now yeah constantine was like that did you watch yeah that? i i didn't and i am one of those i am one of those horrible people that caused it to not get renewed i blame you joe um, uh, and I accept that, but I, then I blame you for for Sense Eight, so we're we're even. No, I, I you need to go and watch. I mean, because CW is pushing it pretty heavily on their online streaming service, um, so just go and binge watch it. It's like ten episodes. Of, Constantine. Yeah, and it's really good, and it'll make you fall in love with Matt Ryan. I I fell in, I I watched the first two or three episodes. The problem is, is that. Um, Matt saw like a piece of the first episode and went, nope. <laughs> and so that put it in the category of things I have to watch without Matt, which I don't have a lot of time to do. Uh, so <laughs> we, we will, I will, I will definitely put it on my list, but since that's not one that's getting renewed, I'm not, I'm not putting it forefront. Okay. And I've still got to catch up with, especially since you're a big CW fan, I'm a year and a half, a season and a half behind on Supergirl, half a season of Arrow and Flash, and I've never even started Legends of Tomorrow. Uh, with the exception of Legends of Tomorrow, I am in the same place. Um, I I had a work trip back in December um, where I didn't have access to uh, my my wonderful DVR, mm -hmm. and I just haven't I just haven't gone back and caught up on that. I started to with Supernatural because uh, that show is just amazing. But mm -hmm. uh, I, I'm so far behind on Arrow and Flash and Supergirl, and I haven't even started this season of Legends. It's just, and, and that's why I haven't been talking about it on the uh, Average Geek Show because I'm so far behind. Well, and everybody says that this this new season of Legends was better, and that the later episodes of the first season were okay. But I just, I didn't like it the first two or three episodes. It, like, I'm not one of those, I can suspend disbelief better than I think most people. I can turn off my brain and go, sure, I'll buy it. And I couldn't do it for that show. I was like, already, you, you're, you're playing with time travel. Already you've messed up time in ways that are un, undefinable. <laughs> like, this doesn't make sense to me. See, I had a friend um, who, devout Doctor Who fan, and also a huge DC Comics fan. And this friend basically bullied me into watching Legends of Tomorrow. And I'm really glad he did, because once you get past the first three episodes and you get past the, the whole, uh, time travel, it becomes more like, uh, timeless. Where oh, okay. every episode you're going to a different era of time, and there's a purpose for it. Um, also, uh, the guy that plays Vandal Savage, phenomenal uh -huh. actor. 
phenomenal actor. Okay. So well, I mean, I mean it, well, as you go further, and especially with the tie-in with Arrow and Flash from that uh, season, makes makes Legends worth watching. And the and the last or the uh, the season finale was phenomenal. So I I need to go back and watch it because I like you have heard that it's amazing this season. Okay. Well, that's, that's a good endorsement and, and maybe my in because, um, another one that was canceled and then rescued from the depths was timeless. And I actually did an entire episode with T Morris about that because, um, he loves time travel. I, I am not a huge time travel fan. It's not my favorite genre of science fiction, but loved timeless. Matt loved timeless. So that might be my in my, my in may be, well, Brian said that Legends of Tomorrow gets to be like Timeless. Yeah, I mean, it's, it doesn't have the twists and turns like like Timeless does, but in terms of the episodic layout and mm-hmm. like going to a new era every episode, it it very much follows Timeless with that. That's cool. That's cool. I mean, but it's like any comic book show; you have to take it with a you know a grain of salt because it's going to be campy. It's going to be kind of kind of just fun loving and just a fun show to watch well and we're not even talking just a comic book show we're talking a cw comic book show because i'm sorry as comic booky as it can be it does not ever stray away from being a cw show <laughs> no it, it, they all do the cw smolder oh god yes well and and like the the if if cw was a superhero um the the super villain to, you know, it's arch nemesis would be tell the truth, man, <laughs> because 90% of the problems caused on all of these shows is somebody not telling somebody something seriously. Thank and if they just tell them then it would be okay. That's why I was screaming during orphan black. It's like, just tell him. <laughs> tell him. Uh, yeah. Have you seen Riverdale? I watched one episode of it. Could not get into it. Okay, we 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 trudged through the first couple of episodes and then accepted the campiness into our lives and are now addicted. Does it get better? Because I mean, the first episode, I'm kind of like, eh, this is lame. This is like, this is like all the angsty high school teenage bullshit that I don't like about Teen Wolf. Yeah, but like Teen Wolf is a little bit too. Like it, it's angsty, but without any purpose. I feel like the purpose of this angst is like these characters are gen. It to me, Riverdale is what Scooby Doo could be if it was a Mystery of the Week TV show. Okay, all right. Well, maybe I need to give it another shot. Like, I mean, it is definitely a CW show, and you have to get past the fact that Mrs. Grundy is like twelve, um, which is just weird. But, um, the, yeah, what threw me on that is like, oh, she slept with Archie. Nope, I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> that's another spoiler. So you get that the first five minutes of the show. Yeah, that's um, a spoiler. <laughs> yeah, it, it, I, I think the heart of the friendship between the core four makes it worth watching. I mean, it's, like, this is not. I mean, I feel like we started this conversation with Orphan Black and we're ending it with Riverdale. <laughs> and I don't want to at all imply that they are of the same caliber. We're devolving, Joe. <laughs> <laughs> but if you want just some, just like, it, it's like why I used to watch Melrose Place. Oh, because it was oh. just so ridiculous that you kind of like fall in love with the characters and their ridiculousness. 
Okay, I have a, I have an admission to make. You you admitted something with Melrose Place. I have been watching The Young and the Restless and The Bold and the Beautiful with my grandmother during the middle of the day since I've been out of work. <laughs> <laughs> and here's the thing: you can get a, a you could get a job next week. Work at that job for another two years. Take a vacation. Watch it with your grandmother for those two weeks, and nothing will have changed. Oh, oh, I know. But it's gotten to the point where I look at my grandmother and go, you know that Victor's a real bastard. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just like, oh my god, I'm becoming an old lady. <laughs> well, that's awesome. Well, I'm glad that I could corrupt you and, and bring you over to the Orphan Black world. Oh, yes, thank you. I'm going to have to send you, like, a gift basket or something. <laughs> uh, anything else? Any other great, fun things that you've been up to? Uh, real quick, I'm just preparing for Comic-Con. Um, I uh, helped plan and went to a surprise birthday party for my former co-host, Philippe, uh, last mm-hmm. week. That was a lot of fun. Nice. Um, I'm actually having uh, coffee with... Alex Calejo of Pas- er, uh, Palm Springs Comic Con tomorrow. Oh, nice. Give him a hug for me. I, I certainly will if he will accept it. <laughs> so. Yeah, I haven't talked to Alex in a while, but I need to start c- talking to him about uh, Palm Springs Comic Con stuff. So I will have to hunt him down this week. Yes, uh, some very exciting things um, that he wants to talk about. So oh, Nice. Nice, very cool. Awesome. Well, why don't we take a quick commercial break and we'll listen to uh, some wonderful podcasts that you can enjoy over this wonderful summer season. And then we'll be back and we're going to talk about Disney news because you've been following uh, the the Disney convention. Yes, D23. Yeah. All right. So we're going to we'll be right back. I'm Void. And I'm Beej. And together we're the geek to geek podcast. Well, we make it. It is kind of us, but I guess it's separate. Every week, we pick a topic from geek or digital culture and chat about it for a while. And you're invited. We talk about books and movies, games, comics, the internet. Or really whatever we feel like. Yeah, that too. So look for the geek to geek podcast on iTunes. Or wherever your podcasts are sold. Or downloaded. Or whatever. Comics. Hey everyone, this is Rob, your friendly neighborhood comic geek. And this is Liam, the the languishing, lascivious Liam of Langley. Wow, that was extremely illiterate of you. Well, I try. We are the hosts of The Comic Box, part of the geek to geek podcast network. So, join us. Bop, bop. Oh, yeah. And we're back, and we're going to talk about D23 and all the news that's coming out of it. Well, I, I'm mainly going to talk about Parks news. Which is perfect, because I think that's probably the stuff that's most applicable to what I am interested in talking about. Yeah, exactly. Um, um, what is what is coming up? What I I think we've we've learned more about uh, the Star Wars lands. We should we start there? Yeah, um, I uh, <laughs> I turned into a giant puddle of goo um, the, uh, last night when I was mm-hmm. uh, reading everything, and I first of all they didn't give a firm date yet. They just said uh-huh. 2019. 
though. Okay. I can hold on for another year and a half. Right. Um, but the first thing that was absolutely amazing is they released a giant model at D23 of Star Wars Land. Oh, wow. And it's basically exactly how the land is going to be. It is massive. And, it, like, I've been following the construction videos on, uh, like, Fresh Baked Disney. Uh-huh. And, oh, my God. it The the, model, the construction videos do not do it justice. Um, I, I became an annual pass holder back in April, and I actually got my chance to go to Disneyland several times. And each time I look, and once you're in the park, you realize how big this project is. Mm-hmm. And seeing this model just makes it that much bigger. They they released a video on YouTube, which you should go and check out, of a, um, a kind of like a, a perspective fly-through of the model. And just, oh my god. I am, I am booting it up right now to see if... Now you can't hear bleed-through sound, can you? Uh, probably not, and it's just music. It's not talking. Okay. But um, it's it's definitely amazing what they're doing with it. Um, they also announced that the official name of the land is going to be Galaxy's Edge. Oh wow! So and that fits with what they're what they're saying this park is going to be. It's going to be a kind of like a smuggler's retreat. Mm-hmm. Um, on the edge of the galaxy, and they've got the Millennium Falcon. They've got an A-wing fighter. They've got an X-wing fighter. They've got a Tie fighter. Um, they've got some shuttlecraft that are going to be there. Um, and they're saying this is going to be a completely immersive experience, like what the likes of which we have not seen in any theme park ever. Now it looks like there's different topographies and, and but it's all supposed to be the same place or is it supposed to be you go to this area and it's like Dagobah and you go to this area and it's like tattooing and it's all the same place. It's all the same place. Yep. It's uh it's a planet or a moon on the outskirts of the galaxy. Um now that they've only announced uh two attractions. Uh one is you will be piloting the Millennium Falcon, and this is probably the most exciting uh, attraction that's going to be in the land, um, at least from my perspective, because they are taking the ride system from uh, Mission Space in mm-hmm. Florida, and they're applying it here. Um, so each person that's in your ride vehicle is going to have a role that they need to, to play in order to make it successful. Now, actions that you take in this attraction like if if you return the millennium falcon in good condition and everything goes according to plan um it's going to earn you street cred in star wars land if you return the millennium falcon all banged up and busted they're going to send a bounty hunter after you oh that's cool yeah and you're going to be able to interact they're I guess they're bringing in some sort of RFID um, so that like when you board the ride, you tap your RFID and it logs you in and then it records what you're doing. And then 
characters and uh, park employees or cast members will treat you differently based on your interactions in the park and uh, your behavior on the rides. So that could be used to advantage. Like if you're being a jerk in the park, <laughs> they could really troll you with that. Well, well, I mean that, that that's not really what I meant. I mean it's like um, kind of going back to like if you bang up the ship, uh-huh. and, and you return it, it's all busted and banged up. You know they're gonna send a bounty hunter after you. You know people will acknowledge how you did on the ride, outside of the ride, just in Star Wars land. That's crazy. Um. They've uh, the the other attraction that they've announced uh, is said that uh, it'll make you feel like you're on a star destroyer inside a hangar bay, and it's an attraction that's built on a scale that they've never done before. And okay, it's you know Fresh Baked is calling it the Battle Escape attraction, so I'm not really too sure what it's going to be. I mean, I've seen um, the patent that Disney filed for this attraction and I can't make heads or tails of it. It looks like a, a ride system similar to haunted mansion, but just taken up to the next level. And are you, is it a walk through? Is it a ride through? Is it a, the ride through It's a ride through, but immersive. Yeah. So something, you know, how you behave in this ride, you know, in terms of your, the actions that you take, will affect, you know, how you're perceived out in the Star Wars land amongst the, the cast members. That's, it's such a, like, I'm, I'm having trouble wrapping my head around it because it's just so new. Yeah, exactly. It, it's, it's an immersive experience. They're, they're likening it to LARP. Wow. Okay, so, so this is it. This, that was the last holdout, Ryan. That was it. That was the last thing to make it to to, to mainstream uh, culture was LARPing. So if that's what this is, that's it. There is nothing else that, that geek society has to worry about now. That was it. That was the that was the far like fringe of geekiness and it is now being co opted by Disney. Yeah. So I mean I I'm 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 super excited. I mean I'm never I, I don't think I'll be able to like fully experience and enjoy this land until years after it's been opened and it's lost its appeal to the general public. Uh-huh, uh-huh. But I'm I'm excited. I want to be there on day 1 and just go and experience it mu- as much as I can. I don't care if I have to wait 5 hours to get in. Well, I mean, and that's the thing. And I was I have I don't have one now, but I was a, an annual pass holder for years, especially around college and and shortly after. And after a while, like I didn't mind waiting in a bazillion hour line for Indiana Jones because it was the only thing I hadn't seen yet. Yep. You know, same thing with Tower of Terror. I was like, I don't mind going and 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 writing this, and and this is my thing dedicated that I'm dedicating myself to today because I've I've seen everything else. Like everything else is, you know, I've been on it fifty bazillion times. Now it's not so much like that for me anymore because they've they've added a lot of attractions, but I've been to enough of them that. You know, I I still would be like, all right, we're going to dedicate a day to hanging out at the new Star Wars thing, and it may take us all day to get there, but whatever, because yeah, you know, and I've done it. Everything that they're planning for Star Wars Land, you will be able to spend an entire day just in Star Wars Land and not do everything. Yeah, 
and that, which that, almost makes you wonder why they didn't like that. Almost feels like it could be its own theme park. Yeah, very much so. And a lot of people are seeing these and going, or seeing what Disney's releasing about it and going, why aren't you doing this as a separate land or a separate park? Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, I guess all will be revealed in time. But I mean, there's so much that they're they're not telling us about Star Wars Land. But one of the cool things is, um, were you a fan of the original Star Tours? Oh uh, yeah, I like. I mean, I liked it as much as I can like those kind of motion uh, rides because I do get very easily motion sick. But you know, I still appreciate it. I remember when I went on it for the first time. I was like, this is cool. This is. I don't get to be this immersed in in Star Wars. How how did you feel about Captain Rex? Um, he was very much a '90s construct. <laughs> he was Pee Wee Herman meets the Flight of the Navigator. Yeah. Well, uh, Captain Rex is coming back. That's kind of cool. Um, but not in the way you think. Okay. He is going to be the DJ in the cantina. Nice. I approve. Yeah, I saw that and I was like, oh, fuck yes. <laughs> yeah, because it was kind of like, like, all right, he's not a real, he's not a real Star Wars character. You know, I think when you're that age, you're like, well, I'm more interested in, in R2-D2 and C-3PO and, but but now having you know grown up, it's become part of the nostalgia of the whole thing. So the fact that he's being integrated in a different way, that's that's awesome. Yeah, I, I'm I'm really happy with it because I mean Captain Rex was always my favorite part about Star Tours <laughs> uh, growing up. I mean, yeah, I loved the ride and I loved you know the scenario that you were in, and I was disappointed when it went away. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Captain Rex, I was like. God, they can't. No, why are they putting C-3PO in his place? Captain Rex was awesome. Yeah. Um, and I'm really happy to see him coming back. And the role that they're putting him in, I think, is just perfect. Yeah, um, I think that'll and it'll it'll introduce him to a new audience that might not appreciate him for what he is, but will be able to kind of form their own new feelings towards him. So that's cool. Yeah. Um, and it's also been revealed that at the cantina, um, they will be serving alcohol. Uh, nice. And uh, in addition to that, you will also be able to have blue milk. Blue milk is a good thing. Yes. Uh, um, are you, I don't know how familiar you are with the Star Wars universe, but uh, in uh, the very first Star Wars, A New Hope, um, Luke is drinking blue milk. And it's kind of like a joke throughout the whole uh, series of movies about blue milk. Uh-huh. So now we finally get to drink it. Nice. It's it's like the the Star Wars equivalent of uh, butterbeer. Ex- it's exactly what it is. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I'm hoping it's not like actual milk because I'm lactose intolerant. <laughs> we have pills for that. <laughs> I will lend you some of Matt's. Okay. I, okay. Um. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I'm super excited. Then they take it a step further, um, and they say, well, in Walt Disney World, we're building a Star Wars-themed hotel. Oh, my God. And that LARP experience that you're getting in Star Wars Land is going to extend to the hotel. So That's crazy. So you're going you're gonna to be able to go to Walt Disney World, stay in the Star Wars Hotel, and never leave the Star Wars universe if you don't want to. Oh, wow. 
we may we may have a new psychosis where people just kind of like that's what they want to do with their lives. I I want to do that with my life. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, we're like a step away from Ready Player One. Like th- that's the the non virtual virtual reality of like Ready Player One. That's basically what it is. You can just exactly. exist. Yeah, you can just exist for as much time as you can afford to in in the Star Wars universe. Uh, and I would love every minute. If I lived closer to Disneyland, I would I would be applying at Disneyland right now to work in Star Wars land and be one of the masked characters that uh, is going to walk around. Because I, this was announced a while ago, but any cast member that works in Star Wars land is going to be in some sort of makeup. Yeah, full makeup, full um, full character. You like You have to exist in that world. Yeah, th- there's going to be no cast member with you know with a name tag you know they're going to be an alien um so or they're going to be a first order stormtrooper or they're going to be a bounty hunter uh it's so exciting and i'm just happy to exist in a war in the same time that this is happening that's great like that's exciting like i i've been kind of steering myself away from the star wars news because i feel like it feels so far away but um, but that's that's kind of exciting. Well, it's not kind of exciting. It is it is very exciting. So, um, but uh, let's let's move away from the Star Wars universe. Okay. Because I they didn't release a whole lot. Just the the fly through uh, and the model, and then a little bit more information. Um, what they did release is that um, if you are a fan of Disney's California Adventure. Um, expect to see quite a bit of changes within the next year because uh, it was announced that A Bug's Land is going away. Okay. Um, And for those of you who've never been to California Adventure, uh, Bug's Land is an entire land themed around uh, the movie A Bug's Life. So when you walk into the land, you're shrunk down to the size of a bug and everything is, is basically like it walked right out of A Bug's Life. That is Which is fun and cool, but it does it does kind of feel to me like once you've walked through that once, it's it's very much for the little kids. It is. It's DCA's version of Fantasyland. Yeah. Um, and I'm happy to see it going away. I've said um, for a long time that uh, DCA has an identity crisis. Mm-hmm. Doesn't know what it wants to be. And after seeing this news come out of D23, they're moving towards a more cohesive direction. Um. So Bugs Land is going away to make room for another project that we'll get to, but they are moving anything and everything Pixar over to Paradise Pier. And is okay. Now is that where um, like the boardwalk is? Yep, that's exactly where it is. Uh, okay. They've got they've already got a Pixar ride over there with the uh, Toy Story Mania, which is really good. It's it's really good, but it always has a massive weight. Yeah. Um. But uh, Paradise Pier is getting completely remade as Pixar Pier, um, and they were they're going to incorporate uh, whimsical neighborhoods in air quotes from Incredibles, Inside Out, Toy Story. Um, so that's going to go through a major change just in the next year. Oh wow! And it will come. It will culminate with a um, a new event or celebration. 
that they're calling Pixar Fest. That's a limited time thing uh, for uh, DCA. Uh, Cars Land is still going to be there. They're not making any changes to Cars Land because it's so successful. Right. Um, but I I would say you can expect that um, California Screamin' will get reskinned as something else, um, as will all the other rides that are on Paradise Pier. So um, they've also announced that the Paint the Night Parade is returning, um, but okay. instead of coming to Disneyland, they're moving it to California Adventure. Okay. As is the Pixar Play Parade. So, um, everything is looks like it's headed towards Pixar for DCA, with one exception. Now, if you are an avid Average Geek Show listener, you may remember me talking about um, a little Easter egg that was hidden just outside of Guardians of the Galaxy um, in... Disney's California Adventure. Mm-hmm. And that was a vault hatch with the Avengers logo on it. It's very small, and it's way out of the way. You have to really look for it. But um, the CEO in charge of Disney Parks uh, officially announced that the Avengers are coming to DCA. And they are. They announced that they are moving forward with bringing in Spider-Man and the rest of the Avengers in some way, shape, or form to DCA. So they're getting rid of a Bugs Land to make room for a Marvel Land. That's awesome. Now, are they going to just have Spider-Man and the MCU properties? Or are they going to expand into... Because they do technically own all of Marvel for i think merchandising and um i mean non non movie merchandising and i would assume that it extends into the the theme park yeah um it's not really clear um how just exactly who they're bringing in aside from spider-man and the avengers mm-hmm. um they haven't really elaborated on what their plan is for that they said there will be more news coming um, which falls in line with uh, some confirmed rumors that I got off of a Disney cast member who was also an Imagineer um, he le- now this didn't come out of D23 so take this with a grain of salt this is just my source mm-hmm. Uh, Hollywood uh, Studios Backlot is getting remade into more of like a downtown New York looking thing okay. for Spider-Man and for the Avengers and and everything like that. They are supposedly taking out the backstage area behind Tower of Terror and through that, that back section behind the Hollywood Backlot there and they are putting in a a new roller coaster. Now, a lot of people know it as the Tron Light Cycle roller coaster, but it is going to be skinned as a Captain America Black Widow motorcycle escape attraction. That's awesome. That's really, really cool. Yes. Um, from what I've also heard, Monsters, Inc. is going to be going away. Okay. Um, and that's going to move more over towards uh, Pixar Pier. Um, and then some type of ride will go in there that is probably going to be like a Spider-Man themed ride. 
So well, now, now, um, my big question is because I know in that area, isn't that also where they do all kind of the like prelims to the the shows that they turn into Broadway hits and move out? Um, um isn't that where they did Aladdin and um and Little Mermaid? Uh, no. No. Okay. Hyperion Theater is is right next door to Tower of Terror, or uh, what's now Guardians. Um, I haven't heard anything about that changing. Um, that would incorporate nicely with the New York theme, though. Mm-hmm. Um, and right now it's currently a Frozen musical. Well, obviously they're going to have to bring um, Spider-Man Turn Off the Dark from Broadway no. over to... <laughs> because that's a Sony thing. Well, it's not just a Sony thing. It's a bad thing. It's yeah. Well, I thought Sony was synonymous with bad now. Well, and and here's here's the thing. The only reason why I bring it up is because uh, you know while we're you're the the audience is hearing this two weeks out. uh, About an hour ago, I I or a couple hours ago, I recorded our our Spider-Man spoiler cast, and uh, Ray had never seen any of the footage from the the play. Have you ever have you ever looked at any of the numbers from Spider-Man Turn Off the Dark? Uh, I heard they were really low. Oh, it's so bad. It's so bad. It's comically bad. Like, the costumes are... Uh, you wonder how somebody looked at this and said, this is a great idea. <laughs> but um, but that's that's a little bit of where my mindset is because I just introduced it to Ray, and it was just fun to hear his reaction. So when we're done recording, I will have to, I hope to send you a link. Oh, no. You don't even have to. You don't even have to listen to it. You just have to watch the 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 dancing villains oh. in the worst costumes and makeup you have ever seen ever. It's amazing. Okay, well then I will counter that with uh, Disney Cruise Line stage production. Oh no. Oh oh yes. <laughs> oh no. Um. So uh. But uh, this is um going back to the Marvel Land expansion. Um. There is no date on this, um, which falls in line with what my source has told me, um, that they're going to go through Star Wars Land opening. Uh-huh. Um, they're talking about a fantasy land renovation. Okay. Then they're going to be doing work on Marvel Land, which is probably not going to be till 2021 at this point. Yeah. Well, and, and that, okay, I, like, not that it's in line with the geekiness that, that we normally bring, but I would be interested in seeing... A renovation of Fantasyland. Do you know anything about what they're doing there? Um, it's from what I've heard, it's just like a facelift, like what they did in the late '80s, early '90s. Because I remember that facelift, and I remember how much of a dramatic change it made. Because it went from kind of like a carnival stall feel mm-hmm. to like these broad castles and the evil queen from Snow White looking out from the window, and like it, it felt a little bit immersive then. So if they're doing these immersive experiences, not that they're going to go full immersive, but I can't imagine that that's not going to influence a facelift. Yeah, and and that honestly I think is where they're headed. I think a lot of it is going to be similar to what they just did in Adventureland, where they um, they relieved some of the bottleneck areas. Mm-hmm. Uh, they took out two of the storefronts, uh, well actually three. Um, Across the way from Indiana Jones, you remember, I don't know if you remember, there was three uh, gift stores. Right. 
Um, they took out two of them by the Riverbell Terrace and Bengal Barbecue. Okay. They made one into seating for Bengal Barbecue. Which is w- much needed. Yes. They took the uh, the fruit stand that was over by Jungle Cruise, mm-hmm. and they moved it next to the seating area for Bengal Barbecue. Okay. And then the fruit stand area over by Jungle Cruise, they turned into stroller parking. Which makes sense. Yes. And let me tell you something. It alleviated so much. I mean, now you walk through Adventureland, and it's like, is anybody here? You know, because everything is just so dispersed. That's really cool. Because, I mean, the last two years we haven't gone, but um, but up until two years ago, every year we would take our a class of kids to, to Disneyland. Mm-hmm. And so we'd see all these changes, and we'd always go kind of like in a, on a, a Thursday in February or something where there was nobody in the park. But yeah. even then, those areas would just get uncomfortable and crowded. Yeah, because you have bottleneck points, then it's just, yeah. ugh. And I think they're realizing with Star Wars Land coming, they need to do something about those bottlenecks. Mm-hmm. Um, now, if, you, if you've gone to Disneyland recently, and you've gone anywhere near Fantasyland, you know what a clusterfuck that area is. Really? It, it is so crowded and so dense, because you know they haven't made any changes to the walkways since Fantasyland opened back in 1955. I mean, there's still very narrow walkways um, that makes it hard to get around, and then there's people park their strollers just wherever. And because Fantasyland is mostly like the young kid rides, there's always a ton of strollers. Yeah. So, and they've got a lot of wasted space in Fantasyland um, for attractions that close down, or um, you know they weren't sure what to do with this small little space, so they turned it into a little shop. Um, you know, so it's, it's definitely needs an overhaul to make it more cohesive mm-hmm. and make it flow better. Um, especially with, uh, Star Wars land coming because there's a fantasy, uh, right next to Casey Jr. Or right across the way from Casey Jr. Back where the, uh, the Skyway station used to be. Right. No, exactly what we're talking about. That's an entrance to frontier land, which is going to branch off into Star Wars land. So that's going to be a very heavily traveled area because now it's not like you can walk into the park and off the main hub go to Star Wars land. You have to travel through one of like four different lands to get to Star Wars land. Okay, so you can re- go through from multiple directions. Yeah, uh this this ex- this is how big this uh park expansion is going to be for Star Wars land. It goes from Critter Country all the way to Fantasyland. Oh, wow. Around the backside of Rivers of America. Now, does it... Okay, so the the, the entrance by... Um, I realize this is just probably boring-ass podcasting for nobody who's been... For anybody who's not been to Disneyland. Um, but the, the place that you're talking about where that Skyway thing is, is that the farthest point in that direction to get into Star Wars? Or is there going to be a way in from, like, Toontown? No, Toontown is going to be kept separate from Star Wars Land. Toontown is kind of like off of Fantasyland. This is more like, okay, um, you know where the carousel is. Right. Okay, if you're coming from the castle towards the carousel and you walk past the carousel and go off 
to your left where Casey Jr., the Red Rose Tavern. Yeah, right, right. I know exactly where you're talking about. I just didn't know if that was going to be the farthest point into Fantasyland or if it was extending past that into another area. Uh, no, it's going to butt up right up against Toontown, but you won't be able to access it from Toontown. Okay, that that's huge. That's that's like crazy huge. It's massive. Um, and when you look at that model, you can go, yeah, I can see why. Uh, yeah. But... Uh, that is a very narrow area to get in to Frontierland. I mean, it's it's basically like a a large gate, but it's not a very big gate for like Disneyland. No, it's a large gate, and it's I think one of the ways that they access like parade routes and stuff, like you know, because they could close it off so that you can't get through there. Yeah, the, um, well, the area you're thinking about is over by. Um, uh, small world that's where their parade route starts yeah um, but isn't there um because i i feel like that that entrance from Fantasyland to um frontier land has that bridge with kind of the big double doors on either side uh yes but the the it's one door okay it's just one door yeah um so and it's it's a very narrow path and i mean they just did um big thunder trail they just completely redid it Mm-hmm. That's the trail that goes from Big Thunder into Fantasyland. Mm-hmm. They made that trail much wider. Well, they they kind of have to because I mean, really, nothing's been over there, and oh, so yeah. yeah, I can I can see where like now if they're gonna have a whole bunch of traffic going through there, you know, they've got to make space for it because right for a while it was like cages with weird birds in it, and then and then um, the Big Thunder Ranch Petting Zoo, which is that still staying there? Nope, that's gone. Along yeah. with my favorite restaurant in the park, which was Big Thunder Ranch Barbecue. Which was not often open. Uh, it, if you... Yeah. In the off-season, it was not open very much. Um, because, uh, for whatever reason, it like staffing requirements or something like that. Um, but when it was open, it was the best deal in the park. Yeah. You paid 20 bucks. And it was all-you-can-eat barbecue. They just keep bringing it to you. Your drink was included. Um, it was way out of the way, so it was quiet. And there was also live entertainment. All for 20. Yeah, I remember when they did uh, the Festival of Fools over there. and mm-hmm. So that that's gone now. But you can still get the food at River, River, Bear, River Bell Terrace. Okay. Uh, but it's not all-you-can-eat anymore. Well, that's unfortunate. But they they took all that out, and they redid uh, the Big Thunder Trail. They made it wider because one of the main entrances for Star Wars Land is right there. Um, The other entrance is over in Critter Country. Okay. um, Right by where where the Winnie the Pooh ride is, there's going to be a big entrance to walk in there. Okay. And you're not going to be able to access Star Wars Land from the train because they rerouted the train, so it does not interfere at all with Star Wars Land. I'm now that that's curious for me because I'm like I'll be interested to see where how they rerouted the train because there's not too many places that can go, um, and um, and that's good because it, maybe people will hop on the train a little bit to see what is going on there. Mm-hmm. Well, as of tomorrow, you'll be able to do that because the train is coming back tomorrow along with uh, Fantasmic uh, and uh, a couple of other things. 
Uh, now, will the frontage of I'm sorry, I'm asking you all these questions <laughs> again. Anybody who's <laughs> any anybody who's not been to Disneyland has no idea what we're talking about, so I apologize. But you know, be excited with us. Um, the Tom Sawyer's Island gone? No, Tom Sawyer's Island is not gone. Um, it when they rerouted the train, they uh-huh. had to reroute Rivers of America. Um, so they made changes and updates to Rivers of America. One of the things that they changed and updated was Tom Sawyer's Island. Oh, wow. So that's got a, did that get a facelift and everything too? Oh, yes. Um, and uh, part of the Rivers of America facelift that they did um, was they added phantasmic storage for, um, for all the boats and products mm-hmm. that they use for phantasmic is right off of Rivers of America now. So there's no interference now with like you being able to see oh, like, you know, that's for Fantasmic, you know, in the middle of the day when they're moving stuff around. They can do it all behind the scenes now. Um, If you haven't seen it yet, Joe, go online and look at, um, just type in Disneyland Train Reroute. And it'll show you how they rerouted the train. Um, Because it's really fantastic at what they did. They did all new art, uh, rock work. Um, they made a, a trestle bridge that the train goes over now. It's okay. fantastic. Now, am I just looking at the images, or is there an article I should be looking for? Uh, no, just look at the images, because the images will show you. Um, if there's a, a top-down view um, of the rivers of America, it'll kind of show you. Oh, they truncated it quite a bit. Yeah. That's kind of crazy. What did they take out back there? Uh, it, a lot of it was backstage storage. Um, a lot of it was uh, storage or uh, stables for all the animals for the petting zoo, as well as the horses that they use on Main Street. They built a whole new uh, stables that are a little more off-site. Um, a lot of it was uh, just prop storage for like Disney Halloween and Disney Christmas. Uh, so that all got moved to another location. And then they bulldozed that backstage area, took a little bit of area for uh, Rivers of America as well as Frontierland, and that's now all Star Wars land. I'm excited to see, because I'm, I'm one of those Disney geeks that actually liked the Rivers of America and would occasionally go on the, the different boat rides just because it's A, I'm, I'm old and after a while you get tired of people, <laughs> and, uh, and B... Um, it was just kind of always nice to see that kind of stuff that hadn't been touched in a while. Mm-hmm. So it'll be kind of exciting to go back and see how it's changed and what, what they've done with it. That's kind of cool. Well, they've updated um, all of the little vignettes. Like when you did Rivers of America, you saw the Indian Village and, and everything like that. They've updated that. Um, so the animatronics are supposed to be a little bit better. Um, you know, they've cleaned up the Indian village a little bit, made it look a little bit fresher. Um, also, if you remember on the train, all the vignettes that they had in the different areas, uh huh, they've updated those. Do you mean the the ones at the end? Um, like uh, the dinosaurs. The oh, uh, really? Yep, they've updated all of those. Um, they did a complete overhaul and teardown of the trains. Uh, they basically rebuilt them. Um, just because they were due for it. They had been running since 1955. Um, 
So everything has been updated on Rivers of America, Tom Sawyer's Island, the trains. Um, so it's really fantastic. They're basically giving the entire park a facelift. This is so awesome. I'm so glad we talked about all this stuff because it's honestly, I, I wouldn't have thought, it's been two years since I've been there. And to me, in Disney years, that's nothing. And it feels like it was the two years that the most stuff changed. Yeah, and and you know what? Uh, I was talking about this with a friend the other night, and I was just like, why all of a sudden now is Disney just like, we're going to dump a bunch of money into the parks? Mm-hmm. And and he brought up a good point. It's because of Harry Potter Land. Oh. Harry Potter Land basically lit a fire under Disney that they're like, we need to do something. Because people are going to start going to Universal instead of coming here. And I'm glad they did, but I'm, I'm going to ask this question. Did they, though? Did they? Because as it is, they're supposedly raising prices constantly to to drop down the the wait time because it's so flipping hard to get into anything on crowded days. Mm-hmm. So I, I do have to ask, like, really, was there a lot of competition from Harry Potter Land? Because it doesn't feel like they were wanting for... It feels like they were trying to kind of slow down the amount of people coming to the park. Well, I don't think it was so much the competition as the Imagineers saw themselves being outpaced by what Harry Potter Land was bringing okay. to the table in terms of innovative technology mm-hmm. and new things that people hadn't experienced before. And the Imagineers said, you know, we're the best at this. We're supposed to be the best at this. Let's do something about it. And Disney was like, make us a proposal. We'll, we'll talk. And as soon as the Imagineers basically put everything that they had into these updates, Disney was like, green light. So, That's awesome. And I, I, like, I'm so excited. Like, I'm, now I'm going to start pestering Matt to tell him that we need to go to Disneyland soon. Yes, and you need to get annual passes. They're so expensive. No, they're not. Everybody says that. But the annual passes that I get is the SoCal Select. Because it's really the best times to go to Disneyland. Uh, there is, like, uh, I've been blocked out for most of June. I'm going to be blocked out all of this month and then most of August, which is peak season for Disney. Right. You don't want to go those days anyway. Right. I don't have any weekends in Disney. Um, all of my, my days are in the middle of the week, which is fine for me. Um and my pass is 20 bucks a month with $97 down. Okay. I mean, if that's if that's affordable or if you're just paying for it outright, I believe it was like $330, 328 right around there. And do we know how much like a a, a pass that'll let you go into either park for a day is? Uh a one day park hopper ticket is $165. Well, dude, that's not even like three trips to Disneyland. I know. That's why I said, you know, when people are like, oh, passes are so expensive. It's like, no, they're not. If if you look at what, when you're going to want to go, when is the most common time for you to go to Disneyland? And you look at and you buy the pass that fits that, it's actually really affordable. I mean, I may have to start nudging Matt in this direction because I mean, he he works at Fullerton for for God's sake, so it's not like he's far, and it certainly wouldn't be hard for us to just in an afternoon, 
after work, go and meet there and hang out and catch dinner. Like, yeah. Um, and I remember that was my favorite thing about having a pass is you'd go for a couple hours and be done. Yeah. And I mean, the great thing about having a pass is if like, you know, you spend five hours in line waiting for a ride, you don't feel like you've wasted your money because guess what? You can come back tomorrow. You can come back next week. Mm-hmm. Come back next month and not have to pay that hundred and sixty five dollars. Yeah, I mean you're paying three hundred and something dollars up front or twenty bucks a month, but still, I mean it's there's kind of a relaxation when you're a pass holder because you're like, if I don't get to do any everything today, it's not a big deal. Yeah, and with all the changes coming, it, it makes it a lot more like I can see two years ago me going, I really don't need a pass because. I'd seen everything, mm-hmm. but now there's so much stuff changing that uh, it might, might be convincing me. And then we have friends like you that have them, so that gives us another excuse to go. Absolutely. And, you know, and the nice thing is, is with the changes that Disney is making to the parks now, it's going to be that much better to be an annual pass holder, not just because you want to go and see everything that's different, but every time you go, it's going to be a different experience. Because, yeah. Because... What they're doing with uh, Star Wars Land, they're going to be doing with Marvel Land in terms of that all-immersive experience. Right. So, you know, you can go to Disneyland and LARP for the day. And <laughs> I, like, could you just do you hear the do you hear the sentence that just came out of your mouth? Oh, I'm aware. I, I'm aware. <laughs> but it's socially acceptable, right? Right. Well, apparently now it is. <laughs> <laughs> so I mean. It, I, I'm so it's such an exciting time to be an annual pass holder or to be a Disneyland fan. Yeah, because it's fantastic. And th- these aren't just I mean, these are just changes for Disneyland. Uh, Walt Disney World is getting a massive overhaul as well. Um, Epcot is basically turning into uh, Marvel Land. Um a lot of the the changes, uh, like Future World, is getting turned into a Guardians of the Galaxy ride. Um, the uh, the France Expo is getting a Ratatouille attraction. Um, so there's a ton of stuff, and like in addition to Star Wars Land opening uh, at Walt Disney World, they're getting a Toy Story Land too. Oh wow! That now see that would that I would enjoy. I can see it being very kid focused but i i could at least spend one one trip to to disney world at a a toy store because who doesn't want to pretend you're in a big toy box playing with a bunch of other toys that's awesome exactly yeah and originally when toy story first came out they converted tomorrowland at disneyland into like a toy story land and not a lot of people remember that but there were toy soldiers everywhere in front yeah i remember that woody and then uh in Tomorrowland, you also had Buzz Lightyear, uh, but yeah, it's it's going to be fantastic. Um, the other thing that was announced for uh, Walt Disney World, specifically Magic Kingdom, is they are getting the Tron roller coaster. No reskin. It is the Tron roller coaster from Shanghai Disney. It's going in right next to Space Mountain. Wow. And I've heard that's like one of the best rides ever created by Disney. Yeah, because it's it's a completely unique ride system. You sit on it like it's a motorcycle, and your safety harness comes down on your back. Um, and they've got it rigged up to look like it's uh, the um, the disc. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. From Tron, yeah. So um, 
Oh, you know what that means, Brian? When they reskin it to be, uh, it's going to be Captain Mar- uh, America's shield. Yeah. Uh-huh. Oh my god. It's, That's awesome. It's fantastic, isn't it? Yeah. So, um, Walt Disney World is getting the true Tron light cycle roller coaster, which is fantastic. Um, but one of the things that I found really freaking cool is they've got a new uh, transportation system to get from park to park or park to hotel uh, coming to Walt Disney World. They're bringing no more monorail? Back. No, they are currently using the monorail, um, but they're adding another more personal transportation. Um, first thing is they're bringing uh, mini vehicles to uh, Walt Disney World Transportation. Um, and that's not like a Mini Cooper or a small vehicle. It's an SUV that's decked out to look like Minnie Mouse. Oh, my God. <laughs> um, and you can, uh, I believe you can rent them or just jump in and a driver will take you where you want to go on the property. But they're also bringing back the Skyway. Um, oh, that's cool. And you're now going to be able to use the Skyway to get from hotel to hotel or hotel to park or park to park or park to hotel. And you, and they're limiting it to one family per Skyway car, and it's completely sealed in glass, so they don't have to worry about jumpers or anything like what we had here at Disneyland. Right. Um, and it's fantastic. I'm really glad to see them linking everything together, not just with cars or the monorail, but another form. Well, and the, the greatest thing about that is that it, it gives you other options. Because I remember back in the day, we would always kind of strategize, all right, what's the fastest way to get from point A to point B? Let's do that. Mm-hmm. You know, and it kind of makes it fun. It makes it a puzzle. Yeah. I mean, and it, if you're going into to Disneyland and you don't have a plan, you're not going to have a good time. I mean, no. it's plain and simple. You need to plan out your day and plan on, okay, how am I getting there? How am I... You know, where are we staying if we're staying at any of the hotels or not? You know, um, you know, and then make a plan for what am I going to do while I'm there? What do I want to do? And then be flexible the rest of the day. It's like, okay, well, it's a, you know, three hour wait for Peter Pan. And we're obviously not going to ride that today. Mm-hmm. And, and fast pass is your friend. Yes, but a lot of rides don't have fast passes. True. But that has been changed a little bit. Um, they now have what's called the Max Pass. Um, basically, if you are if you are an average ticket holder, um, not an annual pass member, um, you have the option to spend ten dollars per day per person and get what's called the Max Pass. And it's basically done through the Disneyland app, and you can select up to three fa- three rides to Fast Pass at a time. You can hold those three fast passes at one time, and it's all done electronically. You no more going to a fast pass station, no more, you know, waiting in line. It's just all right there on your app. Well, and that's good because, and I'm, I'm glad that, and I'm glad that they're doing that for the non-annual pass holders because I feel like you do have to do something for the people that are there just for one day, because they're not going to get the full experience if they're trying to wade through everything else. Mm-hmm. Um, now, the annual pass holders, if you hold uh, one of the lower tier passes, you're going to still have to pay that $10 to gain access to it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but if you're, one of, if you're on the top two tiers of uh, annual pass holders, it's going to be included in your membership, just like your parking is. 
Oh, that's cool. So another reason to, you know, get that top tier pass. Yeah. Nice. Well, that that is a lot of information to uh, hang on to, sir. This is this has been a, a very informed. Like very often, I'm kind of like, oh, that's that's really you know, I'm I'm into whatever the person is talking about. But I I think you've blown my mind with so many things that I haven't completely digested it yet. <laughs> no worries. I mean, it's a lot to take in. I mean, they're they're still going. D23 wraps up today, and they're still doing parks uh, panels today. So um, it's there's going to be more and more information coming out as you know in not just only the next six months but the next couple of years because this is a long-term upgrade for uh the disney parks well now we have we have two goals we'll have to a get uh you back on the show to talk about more information as it comes in and then uh i think you and i need to, to visit disneyland sometime soon anytime for either just let me know (laughs) (laughs) all right man um any shout outs this week uh shout out to my best friend philippe happy birthday buddy very cool um i'm gonna give a shout now again we're we're podcasting in the past and this is a little bit of time travel but i am assuming if this releases the way it's supposed to this will be the releasing the week after I have been able to hang out with EJ and Raven from uh, Girls Gone Wow out in London. And so I am going to shout out to them for what I am going to assume is showing me a wonderful time and an authentic pub experience. Because that is the plan as, as far as I know it now. I am so envious of you right now getting <laughs> in an actual pub. Yeah. So shout out to, to Raven and EJ. I'm 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 looking forward to to meeting you and by the time this comes out I will hopefully have. Uh coming up next week, although recording tomorrow because time travel, um <laughs> next week we will be talking about uh about theater with Rob from the comic box. So that should be a lot of fun because I've been geeking out about theater a lot lately, and so we're going to kind of dissect all the crazy theater stuff that's coming up and, and out there right now. So different different, different form of, of geek, but it uh, should be fun. I can't wait for that episode. I'm a theater geek myself. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited about it. All the music in this episode is by Ben Sound and is being u- used under a Creative Commons license. You can find more music by Ben Sound at bensound.com. Geek2Dude is a proud member of the Geek2Geek Network. Check out other Geek2Geek shows such as the Geek2Geek Podcast, Video Game News Now, Geek Fitness Health Hacks, and The Comic Box. And make sure to join our Reddit community at reddit.com forward slash r forward slash geek2geekcast. You can currently find us at geektitude.com as well as on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, and most other podcatchers out there. Please leave us a review and spread the word. If you would like to contact me, you can send me an email at joehogan at geektitude.com. You can also follow the show on Twitter at geektitude or me personally at epicgrays. Where can we find you, Brian? Uh, well, I am also available on all of the podcatchers out there, uh, iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, Blueberry. Um, you can, if you want to contact me, you can email me at brian at averagegeekshow.com. Uh, although your best bet is to send me a message at Facebook, uh, facebook.com forward slash Average Geek Show official. Uh, we are on Twitter at Average Geek Show. And you can also find us on Instagram at Average Geek Show. Awesome. 
Well, thanks again, Brian. I think this has been a very unique show for us. So I'm, I'm excited that, that we got to do that. And, and thank you again for, for being part of my marathon podcasting weekend. No worries. You need to drink some hot tea and lemon. You're starting to sound scratchy. Yeah, I, I can feel it. I can feel it. I'm, I'm done for the day after this and I'll, I'll step away and kind of relax for the rest of the evening. But it's, like I've said, like I said to you at the beginning, it's been fun to just sit around and, and talk to, to some really good friends today. So. Well, thank you. It was a pleasure to be invited on and I hope we get to do it again soon. Absolutely. Absolutely. And for all of you listening out there, remember this week, keep it geek. Greetings from TG Geeks Webcast, where Ben and Keith, the two gay geeks, talk about all aspects of geekdom and nerdery. Sci-fi, comics, film, horror, genre, you name it, we talk about it. Find our episodes each week on TGGeeks.com. Visit our Facebook page, TG Geeks Webcast. On Google Plus and YouTube, look for us as Two Gay Geeks. You can tweet at TG Geeks and at the Two Gay Geeks. Or call our feedback line at 469-TG-Geeks. That is 469-844-3357. Happy listening. Peace. Cheers. So how would you describe a podcast like The Shared Desk? It's a podcast that took its sweet time to do a promo. <laughs> well, yeah, well, I think that goes without saying. I mean, you could say The Shared Desk is a podcast about collaboration, because that's what we do. Well, the, wait, wait, wait. There's a lot more to The Shared Desk. You got our Loot Crate looky-loo. Oh, what's in the box? And then what we're doing when we're not writing, usually it's pretty nerdy. Nerd! And then there are the drop-ins. Has the whole world gone crazy? Yes, there are drop-ins. And we love having guests on the show. It's the shared desk, after all. And if it's Katie or Lauren, you get some lovely singing as well. So find the shared desk on iTunes, Stitcher, or at thesharedesk.com. The shared desk: two writers, one podcast, different, different points, points of view. view.